0: Part two, chapter four of In Desert and Wilderness. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. In Desert and Wilderness by Henrik Sinkovich. Translated by Max Antony Dresmel. Chapter four. The sun finally rose and illuminated the jungle groups of trees and the forest the lions had disappeared before the first ray began to gleam on the horizon stas commanded kali to build a fire Mia was ordered to take nell's clothes out of the leather bag in which they were packed to dry them and to dress anew the little girl as soon as possible while stas himself taking his rifle proceeded to visit the camp and at the same time to view the devastation wrought by the storm and the two midnight assassins immediately beyond the zareba of which only the pickets remained lay the first horse almost half devoured about a hundred paces farther the second barely touched and immediately behind him the third disembowelled and with crushed head all presented a horrible sight their eyes were open full of settled terror and their teeth were bared the ground was trampled upon in the depressions were whole puddles of blood stas was seized with such rage that at the moment he almost wished that the shaggy head of a marauder sluggish after a nocturnal feast would emerge from some cluster of trees that he might put a bullet in him but he had to postpone his revenge to a later time for at present he had something else to do it was necessary to find and capture the remaining horses the boy assumed that they must have sought shelter in the forest, and that the same was true of Saba, whose body was nowhere to be seen. The hope that the faithful companion, in misfortune, had not fallen a victim to the predacious beasts, pleased us so much that he gained more courage. His happiness was yet augmented by the discovery of the donkey. It appeared that the sagacious, long-eared creature did not wish to fatigue himself by a too distant flight he had ensconced himself outside of the zareba in a corner formed by the white ant hillock and the tree and there having his heads and sides protected had awaited developments prepared in an emergency to repel an attack by kicking heroically with his heels but the lions apparently did not perceive him at all so when the sun rose and danger passed away he deemed it proper to lie down and rest after the dramatic sensations of the night stars strolling about the camp finally discovered upon the softened ground the imprint of horses hoofs the tracks led in the direction of the forest and afterwards turned towards the ravine this was a favourable circumstance for the capture of the horses in the ravine did not present any great difficulties between ten and twenty paces farther he found in the grass the fetters which one of the horses had broken in his escape this one must have run away so far that for the time being he must be regarded as lost on the other hand the two espied by stars were behind a low rock not in the hollow itself but on the brink one of them was rolling about while the other was cropping the new light green grass both looked unusually exhausted as if after a long journey. But the daylight had banished fear from their hearts, so they greeted stars with a short, friendly neigh. The horse which was rolling about started to his feet. The boy observed that this one also had freed himself from his fetters, but fortunately he apparently preferred to remain with his companion instead of running away wherever his eyes should lead him. Stars left both horses near the rock, and went to the brink of the ravine to ascertain whether a farther journey by way of it was feasible and he saw that owing to the great declivity the water had flowed away and the bottom was almost dry after a while his attention was attracted to a white object entangled in the climbing plants in the recess of the opposite rocky wall it appeared that it was the top of the tent which the wind had carried as far as that and driven into the thicket so that the water could not carry it away the tent at any rate assured nell of a better protection than a hut hurriedly constructed of boughs so its recovery greatly delighted stars but his joy increased still more when from a lower recess partly hidden by lianas Saba sprang out holding in his teeth some kind of animal whose head and tail hung from his jaws the powerful dog in the twinkling of an eye reached the top and laid at stas's feet a striped hyena with broken back and gnawed foot after which he began to wag his tail and, and bark joyfully as if he wanted to say i admit that i behaved like a coward before the lions but to tell the truth you sat perched on the tree like guinea-fowls look however i did not waste the night altogether and he was so proud of himself that stas was barely able to induce him to leave the bad-smelling animal on the spot and not carry it as a gift to Nell. When they both returned, a good fire was burning in the camp. Water was bubbling in the utensils in which boiled grain, two guinea-fowls, and smoked strips of venison. Nell was already attired in a dry dress, but looked so wretched and pale that stars became alarmed about her, and, taking her hand to ascertain whether she had a fever, asked, Nell, what ails you? nothing stirs only i do want to sleep so much i believe you after such a night thank god your hands are cool ah what a night it was no wonder you want to sleep i do also but don't you feel sick my head aches a little Stars placed his palm on her head her little head was as cold as her hands this however only proved great exhaustion and weakness so the boy sighed and said eat something warm and immediately afterwards lie down to sleep and you will sleep until the evening to-day at least the weather is fine and it will not be as it was yesterday and nell glanced at him with fear but we will not pass the night here no not here for there lie the gnawed remains of the horses we will select some other tree or will go to the ravine and there will build a cereba such as the world has not seen you will sleep as peacefully as in Portside. But she folded her little hands and began to beg him with tears that they should ride farther, as in that horrible place she would not be able to close her eyes and surely would become ill. And in this way she begged him. In this way she repeated, gazing into his eyes, What, Stas, well? So that he agreed to everything. Then we shall ride by way of the ravine, he said, for there is shade there only promise me that if you feel weak or sick you will tell me i'm strong enough tie me to the saddle and i will sleep easily on the road no i shall place you on my horse and i shall hold you kali and mia will ride on the other and the donkey will carry the tent and things very well very well immediately after breakfast you must take a nap we cannot start anyway before noon it is necessary to catch the horses to fold the tent to rearrange the packs. Part of the things we shall leave here, for now we have but two horses altogether. This will require a few hours, and in the meantime you will sleep and refresh yourself. Today will be hot, but shade will not be lacking under the tree. And you and Mia and Carly? I am so sorry that I alone shall sleep while you will be tiring yourselves. On the contrary, we shall have time to nap. Don't worry about me in port side during examination time i often did not sleep whole nights of which my father knew nothing my classmates also did not sleep but a man is not a little fly like you you have no idea how you look to-day just like glass there remain only eyes and tufts of hair there is no face at all he said this jestingly but in his soul he feared as by the strong daylight nell plainly had a sickly countenance and for the first time he clearly understood that if it continued thus the poor child not only might but must die at this thought his legs trembled for he suddenly felt that that in case of her death he would not have anything to live for or a reason for returning to portside for what would i then have to do he thought for a while he turned away in order that nell might not observe the grief and fear in his eyes and afterwards went to the things deposited under the tree he threw aside the saddle-cloth the cartridge-box was covered opened it and began to search for something he had hidden there in a small glass bottle the last of the quinine powders and had guarded it like an eye in the head for the black hour that is for the emergency when nell should be fever-stricken but now he was almost certain that after such a night the first attack would come so he determined to prevent it he did this with a heavy heart thinking of what would happen later and were it not that it did not become a man and the leader of a caravan to weep he would have burst into tears over this last powder so desiring to conceal his emotion he assumed a very stern mien, and addressing the little girl said "Nell, before you eat take the rest of the quinine she on the other hand asked but if you catch the fever then i will shiver take it i tell you she took it without further resistance for from the time he killed the sudanese she feared him a little notwithstanding all his efforts for her comfort and the kindness he evinced towards her afterwards they sat down to breakfast and after the fatigue of the night the hot broth of guinea-fowl tasted delicious nell fell asleep immediately after the refreshment and slept for several hours stas kali and mia during that time put the caravan in order they brought from the ravine the top of the tent saddled the horses and put the packages on the donkey and buried under the roots of the tree those things which they could not take with them drowsiness terribly assailed them at the work and Stars, from fear that they should fall asleep permitted himself and them to take short naps in turn it was perhaps two o'clock when they started on their further journey. Stars held Nell before him. Carley rode with Mia on the other horse. They did not ride at once down the ravine but proceeded between its brink and the forest. The young jungle had grown considerably during the rainy night. The soil under it, however, was black and bore traces of fire. It was easy to surmise that Smain had passed that way with his division or that the fire driven far by a strong gale had swept over the dry jungle and finally encountering a damp forest had passed on by a not very wide track between it and the ravine stars wanted to ascertain whether traces of smain's camp or imprints of hoofs could not be found on this track and with pleasure he became convinced that nothing resembling them could be seen kali who was well versed in such matters Claimed positively that the fire must have been borne by the wind and that since that time at least a fortnight must have elapsed this proves observed stars that smain with his mardists is already the lord knows where and in no case shall we fall into his hands afterwards he and nell began to gaze curiously at the vegetation as thus far they had not risen so close to a tropical forest they rode now along its very edge in order to have the shade over their heads the soil here was moist and soft overgrown with dark green grass moss and ferns here and there lay decomposed trunks covered as though with a carpet of most beautiful orchids with flowers brightly coloured like butterflies and brightly coloured cups in the centre of the crown wherever the sun reached the ground was gilded by other odd orchids small and yellow in which two petals protruding on the sides of a third petal created a resemblance to the head of a little animal with big ears ending abruptly in some places the forest was lined with bushes of wild jasmine draped in garlands with thin climbing plants blooming rose-coloured the shallow hollows and depressions were overgrown with ferns compressed into one impenetrable thicket, here low and expansive, there high, entwined with climbing plants, as though distaffs reaching up to the first boughs of the trees and spreading under them a delicate green lace. In the depths there was a great variety of trees, date, raffia, fan-palm, sycamore, breadfruit, euphorbia, immense varieties of senna, acacia, trees with foliage dark and glittering, and light or red as blood grew side by side trunk by trunk with entangled branches from which shot yellow and purple flowers resembling candlesticks in some groups the tree-tops could not be seen as the climbing plants covered them from top to bottom and leaping from trunk to trunk formed the letters w and m and hung in form of festoons portieres and whole curtains cautuclianas just strangled the trees with thousands of serpentine tendrils, and transformed them into pyramids, buried with white flowers like snow. Above the greater lianas, the smaller entwined, and the medley became so thick that it formed a wall through which neither man nor animal could penetrate. Only in places where the elephants, whose strength nothing can resist, forced their way, were there beaten down in the thicket, deep and winding passageways, as it were. The song of birds which so pleasantly enlivens the european forest could not be heard at all instead on the treetops resounded the strangest calls similar to the sound of a saw to the beating of a drum to the clatter of a stalk to the squeaking of old doors to the clapping of hands to caterwauling, or even to the loud excited talk of men from time to time soared above the trees flocks of parrots gray green white or a small bevy of gaudily plumaged toucans in a quiet wavy flight on the snowy background of the rubber climbing plants glimmered like sylvan sprites little monkey mourners entirely black with the exception of white tails a white girdle on the sides and white whiskers enveloping faces of the hue of coal the children gazed with admiration at this virgin forest which the eyes of a white man perhaps had never beheld saba every little while plunged into the thicket from which came his happy barks the quinine breakfast and sleep had revived little nell her face was animated and assumed bright colors her eyes sparkled every moment she asked Stars the names of various trees and birds and he answered as well as he could finally she announced that she wanted to dismount from the horse and pluck a bunch of flowers but the boy smiled and said the siafu would eat you at once what is a siafu is it worse than a lion worse and not worse they are ants which bite terribly there are a great many of them on the branches from which they fall on people's backs like a rain of fire but they also walk on the ground dismount from the horse and try merely to walk a little in the forest and at once you will begin to jump and whine like a monkey it is easier to defend oneself against a lion at times they move in immense ranks, and then everything gives way to them. And would you be able to cope with them? I of course, with the help of fire or boiling water. You always know how to take care of yourself, she said, with deep conviction. These words flattered Stars greatly, so he replied conceitedly, and at the same time merrily If you were only well, then as to the rest depend upon me. My head does not even ache now Thank God Thank God Speaking thus they passed the forest but one flank of which reached the Hollow Way The Sun was still high in the heaven and broiled intensely as the weather cleared and in the sky not a cloud could be seen The Horses were covered with sweat and Nell began to complain of the heat for this reason stars having selected a suitable place turned to the ravine in which the western wall cast a deep shadow it was cool there and the water remaining in the depressions after the downpour was also comparatively cool over the little travellers heads continually flew from one brink of the ravine to the other toucans with purple heads blue breasts and yellow wings so the boy began to tell nell what he knew from books about their habits do you know he said there are certain toucans which during the breeding season seek hollows in trees there the female lays eggs and sits upon them while the male pastes the opening with clay so that only her head is visible and not until the young are hatched does the male begin to peck with his long beak and free the mother and what does she eat during that time the male feeds her he continually flies about and brings her all kinds of berries "'And does he permit her to sleep?' she asked in a sleepy voice. Stars smiled. "'If Mrs. Toucan has the same desire that you have at this moment, then he permits her.' In fact, in the cold ravine, an unconquerable drowsiness oppressed the little girl, as from morning until early in the afternoon she had rested but little. Stars had a sincere desire to follow her example, but could not, as he had to hold her, fearing that she might fall. Besides, it was immensely uncomfortable for him to sit man-fashion on the flat and wide saddle which Hatim and Sekitamala had provided for the little one in Fashoda. He did not dare to move, and rode the horse as slowly as possible, in order not to awaken her. She, in the meantime, leaning backwards, supported her little head upon his shoulder, and slept soundly. But she breathed so regularly and calmly, ceased to regret the last quinine powder. He felt that danger of fever was removed and commenced to reason thus the ravine continually leads upwards and even now is quite steep we are higher and the country is drier and drier it is necessary only to find some sort of elevation well shaded near some swift stream and there establish quarters and give the little one a few weeks rest and perhaps wait through the whole masika the spring rainy season not every girl could endure even one-tenth of these hardships but it is necessary that she should rest after such a night another girl would have been stricken with fever and she how soundly she sleeps thank god and these thoughts brought him into a good humour so looking down at nell's little head resting on his bosom he said to himself merrily and at the same time with certain surprise it is odd however how fond i am of this little fly to tell the truth i always liked her but now more and more and not knowing how to explain such a strange symptom he came to the following conclusion it is because we have passed together through so much and because she is under my protection in the meantime he held that fly very carefully with his right hand around her waist in order that she should not slip from the saddle and bruise her little nose they advanced slowly in silence only kali hummed under his nose a song in praise of stars great master kills Gaber, kills a lion and a buffalo yah yah much meat much meat yah ya. Yeah. kali stars after the wahimas hunt lions the wahimas fear lions but the wahimas digs pits and if in the night-time the lion falls in then the wahimas laugh what do you then do the Wahimas hurl a lot of spears until Lion is like a hedgehog. Then they pull him out of the pit and eat him. Lion is good. And according to his habit, he stroked his stomach. stas did not like this method of hunting, so he began to ask what other game there was in, in the Wahima country, and they conversed further about antelopes, ostriches, giraffes, and rhinoceroses until the roar of a waterfall reached them. What is that? stas exclaimed are there a river and waterfall ahead of us carley nodded his head in sign that obviously such was the fact and for some time they rode more quickly listening to the roar which each moment became more and more distinct a waterfall repeated stas whose curiosity was aroused but they had barely passed one or two bends when their way was barred by an impassable obstruction nell whom the motion of the horse had lulled to sleep awoke at once are we already stopping for the night she asked no but look a rock closes the ravine then what shall we do it is impossible to slip beside it for it is too close there so it will be necessary that we turn back a little get on top and ride around the obstruction but it is yet two hours to night therefore we have plenty of time let us rest the horses a little do you hear the waterfall i do we will stop near it for the night after which he turned to curly ordered him to climb to the brink of the ridge and see whether beyond the ravine was not filled with similar obstructions he himself began to examine the rock carefully and after a while he exclaimed it broke off and tumbled down not long ago Nell, do you see that fragment look how fresh it is there is no moss on it nor vegetation i already understand i understand and with his hand he pointed at the baobab tree growing on the brink of the ravine whose huge roots hung over the wall and were parallel with the fragment that root grew in a crevice between the wall and the rock and growing stronger it finally split the rock that is a singular matter for stone is harder than wood i know however that in mountains this often happens after that anything can shake such a stone which barely keeps its place and the stone falls off but what could shake it it's hard to say maybe some former storm perhaps yesterday's at this moment Sabah, who previously had remained behind the caravan came running up he suddenly stood still as if pulled from behind by the tail scented afterwards squeezed into the narrow passage between the wall and the detached rock but immediately began to retreat with bristling hair stas dismounted from the horse to see what could have scared the dog stas don't go there nell begged a lion might be there the boy who was something of a swashbuckler and who from the previous day had taken extraordinary offence at lions replied a great thing a lion in daylight however before he approached the passageway carley's voice resounded from above Buona cuba, buona cuba. what is it stas asked the negro slid down the stalk of a climbing plant in the twinkling of an eye from his face it was easy to perceive that he brought some important news an elephant he shouted an elephant yes answered the young negro waving his hands there thundering water here a rock the elephant cannot get out great master kill the elephant and kali will eat him oh eat eat and at this thought he was possessed by such joy that he began to leap slapping his knees with his palms and laughing as if insane in addition rolling his eyes and displaying his white teeth stas at first did not understand why kali said that the elephant could not get out of the ravine so desiring to see what had happened he mounted his horse and entrusting nell to Mia, in order to have his hands free in an emergency, he ordered Carly to sit behind him, after which they all turned back and began to seek a place by which they could reach the top. On the way, Stas questioned him how the elephant got into such a place, and from Carly's replies he ascertained more or less what had happened. The elephant evidently ran before the fire by way of the ravine during the burning of the jungle. On the way, he forcibly bumped against a loosened rock which tumbled down and cut off his retreat after that having reached the end of the hollow he found himself on the edge of a precipice below which a river ran and in this manner was imprisoned after a while they discovered an outlet but so steep that it was necessary to dismount from the horses and lead them after as the negro assured them that the river was very near they proceeded on foot they finally reached a promontory bounded on one side by a river on the other by the hollow and glancing downward they beheld on the bottom of a dell an elephant the huge beast was lying on its stomach and astazi's great surprise did not start up at the sight of them only when saba came running to the brink of the dell and began to bark furiously did he for a moment move his enormous ears and raise his trunk but he dropped it at once the children holding hands gazed long at him in silence which finally was broken by kali he is dying of hunger he exclaimed the elephant was really so emaciated that his spine protruded his sides were shrunken his ribs were distinctly outlined notwithstanding the thickness of his hide and it was easy to conjecture that he did not rise because he did not now have sufficient strength the ravine which was quite wide at its opening changed into a dell locked in on two sides by perpendicular rocks and on its bottom a few trees grew but these trees were broken their bark was peeled and on the branches there was not a leaf the climbing plants hanging from the rocks were torn to pieces and gnawed and the grass in the dell was cropped to the last blade stas examining the situation thoroughly began to share his observations with nell but being impressed with the inevitable death of the huge beast he spoke in a low tone as if he feared to disturb the last moments of its life yes he really is dying of starvation he certainly has been confined here at least two weeks that is from the time when the old jungle was burnt he ate everything that there was to eat and now is enduring torments particularly as here above bread-fruit trees and acacias with great pods are growing and he sees them but cannot reach them and for a while they again gazed in silence the elephant from time to time turned towards them his small languid eyes and something of the nature of a gurgle escaped from his throat indeed the boy declared it is best to cut short his pangs saying this he raised the rifle to his face but nell clutched his jacket and braced upon both of her little feet began to pull him with all her strength away from the brink of the hollow stars don't do that stars let us give him something to eat he is so wretched i don't want you to kill him i don't want it i don't and stamping with her little feet she did not cease pulling and he looked at her with great astonishment and seeing her eyes filled with tears said but nell i don't want it i won't let him be killed i shall get the fever if you kill him for stas this threat was sufficient to make him forego his murderous design in regard to the elephant before them and in regard to anything else in the world for a time he was silent not knowing what reply to make to the little one after which he said very well very well i tell you it is all right nell let go of me and nell at once hugged him and through her tear-dimmed eyes a smile gleamed now she was concerned only about giving the elephant something to eat as quickly as possible kali and mia were greatly astonished when they learned that the buana kubwa not only would not kill the elephant but they were to pluck at once as many melons from the breadfruit trees as many acacia pods and as much of all kinds of weeds as they were able two soudanese sword was of great use to kali at this labor and were it not for that the work would not have proceeded so easily nell however did not want to wait for its completion and when the first melon fell from the tree she seized it with both her hands and carrying it to the ravine she repeated rapidly as if from fear that some one else might want to supplant her i i i but stas did not in the least think of depriving her of this pleasure but from fear that through too much zeal she might fall over with the melon he seized her by the belt and shouted throw the huge fruit rolled over the steep declivity and fell close to the elephant's feet while the latter in the twinkling of an eye stretched out his trunk and seized it afterwards he bent his trunk as if he wanted to place the melon under his throat and this much the children saw of him. He ate it, exclaimed the happy girl. I suppose so, answered Stas, laughing. And the elephant stretched out his trunk towards them as if he wanted to beg for more, and emitted in a powerful tone, "Humph!" He wants more, I suppose so, repeated Stas. A second melon followed in the track of the first, and in the same manner afterwards disappeared in a moment. A third fourth tenth later acacia pods and whole bundles of grass and great leaves began to fly down nell did not allow any one to take her place and when her little hands grew tired from the work she shoved new supplies with her little feet while the elephant ate and raising his trunk from time to time trumpeted his thunderous hrumph as a sign that he wanted to eat still more but nell claimed that it was a sign of gratitude but kali and mia finally were fatigued with the work which they performed with great alacrity under the impression that buana kubwa wanted first to fatten the elephant and afterwards to kill it at last however buana kubwa ordered them to stop as the sun was setting and it was time to start the construction of the zeriba fortunately this was not a difficult matter for two sides of the triangular promontory were utterly inaccessible, so that it was necessary only to fence in the third acacias with big thorns also were not lacking. Nell did not retire a step from the ravine and squatting upon its brink, announced from a distance to stars what the elephant was doing at frequent intervals. Her thin little voice resounded, "He is searching about with his trunk," or he is moving his ears." what big ears he has Stas, Stas, he is getting up oh Stas approached hurriedly and seized nell's hand the elephant actually rose and now the children could observe his immense size they had previously seen huge elephants which were carried on vessels through the suez canal bound from india to europe but not one of them could compare with this colossus who actually looked like a huge slate-colored rock walking on four feet he differed from the others in the size of his tusks which reached five or more feet and as nell already observed his ears which were of fabulous proportions His forelegs were high but comparatively thin which was undoubtedly due to the fast of many days Oh that is a lilliputian Laughed Stas. if he should rear himself and stretch out his trunk he might catch you by the feet but the Colossus did not think of rearing or catching anyone by the feet. With an unsteady gait, he approached the egress of the ravine, gazed for a while over the precipice, at the bottom of which water was seething. Afterwards he turned to the wall close to the waterfall, directed his trunk towards it, and having immersed it as best he could, began to drink. It is his good fortune, Stas said, that he can reach the water with his trunk, otherwise he would have died the elephant drank so long that finally the little girl became alarmed stars won't he harm himself she asked i don't know he replied laughing but since you have taken him under your care warn him now so Nell leaned over the edge and cried enough dear elephant enough and the dear elephant as if he understood what was the matter stopped drinking at once and instead began to splash water over himself first he splashed water on his feet then on his back and afterwards on both sides but in the meantime it grew dark so stas conducted the little girl to the zuriba where supper already awaited them both were in excellent humor now because she had saved the elephant's life and Stars because he saw her eyes sparkling like two stars and her gladdened face which was ruddier and healthier than it had been at any time since their departure from khartoum a promise of a quiet and perfect night also conduced to the boy's contentment the two inaccessible sides of the promontory absolutely secured them from attacks from those directions and on the third side kylie and mea reared so high a wall of thorny branches of acacias and of passion flowers that there could be no thought of any predaceous beast being able to surmount such a barrier. In addition, the weather was fine, and the heavens immediately after sunset were studded with countless stars. The air, which was cool owing to the proximity of the waterfall, and which was saturated with the odor of the jungle and newly broken branches, was agreeable to breathe. This fly will not get the fever here, Stars thought joyfully afterwards they commenced to converse about the elephant as nell was incapable of talking of anything else and did not cease going into transports over his stature trunk and tusks which in reality were prodigious finally she asked honestly stars isn't he wise "A solomon answered stars but what makes you think so because when i asked him not to drink any more he obeyed me at once if before that time he had not taken any lessons in English and nevertheless understands it that really is miraculous Nell perceived that stars was making merry with her so she gave him a scolding after which she said say what you wish But I am sure that he is very intelligent and will become tame at once Whether at once I don't know but he may be tamed The African elephants are indeed more savage than the Asiatic Nevertheless, I think that Hannibal, for instance, used African elephants and who was Hannibal stars glanced at her indulgently and with pity Really he said at your age. You are not supposed to know such things Hannibal was a great Carthaginian commander who used elephants in his war with the Romans and as Carthage was in Africa He must have used African further conversation was interrupted by the resounding roar of the elephant who having eaten and drunk his fill began to trumpet it could not be known whether from joy or from longing for complete freedom saba started up and began to bark while stas said there you have it now he is calling companions we will be in a nice predicament if he attracts a whole herd here he will tell them that we were kind to him nell responded hastily but stas who indeed was not alarmed as he reckoned that even if a herd should rush towards them the glare of the fire would frighten them away smiled spitefully and said Very well very well, but if the elephants appear you won't cry. Oh, no your eyes will only perspire as they did twice before And he began to tease her I Do not cry only my eyes perspire Nell however seeing his happy mien, Conjectured that no immediate danger threatened them when he gets tame she said my eyes will not perspire though ten lions should roar why for he will defend us stas quieted saba who would not stop replying to the elephant after which he deliberated somewhat and spoke thus you did not think of one thing now of course we will not stay here for ages but will proceed further i do not say at once on the contrary the place is good and healthy I have decided to stop here a week perhaps perhaps two for you and all of us are entitled to a rest. Well very good as long as we stay here. We will feed the elephant though That will be a big task for us all but he is locked up and we cannot take him with us Well then what later we shall go and he will remain here and again will endure the pangs of hunger until he dies Then we shall be the more sorry for him nell saddened very much and for some time sat in silence evidently not knowing what reply to make to these just remarks but after a while she raised her head and brushing aside the tufts of hair which fell over her eyes turned her gaze full of confidence on the boy i know she said that if you want to you will get him out of the ravine i and she stretched out her little finger touched staz's hand with it and repeated you the sly little woman understood that her confidence would flatter the boy and from that moment he would ponder on how to free the elephant End of chapter four